Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome to the Haunted Estate. Hello, I am your host, Selena Myers. I am a home reader and paranormal enthusiast, and I fell in love with podcasts like Lex Wall's Anything Ghost and Real Ghost Stories Online with Tony and Jenny Bruski. And I think that maybe there is just a little bit of room for one more podcast like this. I want to talk about paranormal subjects and go deeper into your stories. I would love to get to know all of you and slither my way into your paranormal life. Please visit our website at thehauntedestate.com. Here you'll find ways to contact us, like our toll-free number where you can record your story at 1-877-260-3428. Tell us your paranormal story, ghost story, or anything in between. And I hope you enjoy this, the first installment of The Haunted Estate. Hello, and I hope you are having a great day, whatever time of day that is. Guess what? It is September. You know what that means? The best thing ever. Daily, we are getting steps and steps closer to the best holiday of the year. And you know what that is. What would the haunted estate love more than anything else? Yes, you were right. Halloween, because that's when all these little children come up to the front door of the haunted estate. And you know, we don't exactly have treats, but we definitely have tricks. I want to send out a giant thank you to our top listening cities. I'm going to butcher the name of this, but Winfield in Switzerland, Dubai, and Appleton, Wisconsin. So... I didn't know that. I'm from Canada, as you know, and you're way over there, which is awesome. I would totally love to know some haunted history of your location or if you have any ghost stories. And this is an important time to tell you all, please share this podcast on your Facebook, Twitter, tell your mom, moms love podcasts, tell Bob. Everybody knows Bob, and I'm sure Bob would just love it. I feel like that's a good ghost name too, Bob the Ghost. I'm going to be in search for one of those. So share this with your friends. Share it on Facebook. Email a friend. Post it at work. Whatever you can do to help it out. I want to keep doing this. And I'm not going to be able to keep doing this if more people don't start listening and, you know, sending me their glorious ghost stories. Call in your story at 1-877-260-3428. Today is such a rainy day here in Woodstock, Ontario, and I know a lot of people don't like that, but because of me, I feel like it makes the estate look creepier, so I love the rain, I feel inspired, don't I sound positive, don't I sound pumped up? 
So today I would like to start off talking about Poltergeist, everybody's favorite topic. And I'm going to be reading an expert from a book that I have just, oh my lord, I have fallen head over heels for. And I picked up actually in London at this store. I uh, I don't know what it's called. I'm going to have to look that up. But it is actually literally like a witch's store, like a mystic bookshop. Mystic bookshop. The mystic bookshop. That is what it is called. And the book that I have picked up and I have been reading crazily out of is the Element Encyclopedia of Ghost and Hauntings. So I'm thinking for the next few episodes, instead of writing articles, I'm going to be reading you experts. Experts? Ex- mm. My husband mentioned that I sound so stupid because apparently I can't pronounce things and speak properly. Truth is, is I just get so damn excited to do these podcasts that I just start talking really fast and get really excited and the words don't functionate out of my face. There's another word of Selena's. Functionate. Definitely not a word. Definitely a Selena word. Definitely like the word smarticles, which I use way too much, which doesn't make me sound smarticles, makes me sound stupicles. <laughs> we will just call those Selena-isms, and I will mention them now when I say them, and they will be a thing, because it's my podcast, and I say so. <laughs> and now, a clip about Poltergeist from the Element Encyclopedia of Ghosts and Hauntings by Teresa Chow. Poltergeist, from the German word Polten, to knock, and Geist, meaning spirit. Poltergeist is the term used to describe a ghost or energy which specializes in the making of sounds and moving things about a house or building, often resulting in breakages. These spirits can be malevolent, but on the whole are thought to be mischievous nuisances. Some believe poltergeist to be a manifestation of telekinesis due to the frequency of their occurrence in these households with the disturbed adolescents experiencing frustration and emotional tension. The earliest reports of, reports of poltergeist activity date back to ancient Rome, and they continue to be reported to this day. Since the late 19th century, poltergeists have been the subject of serious study by physical researchers, and a number of theories have been put forward to explain them. Characteristics of poltergeist of a poltergeist act attack typically include flying objects, especially dirt and rock throwing, extreme loud noises, terrible smells, raps, strange lights, and apparitions, and the open of shutting of doors and windows. Up-to-date characteristics include light bulbs exploding or spinning in their sockets, telephone malfunctioning, and tiny percentage of cases are physical assaults, such as scratching, biting, spitting, and sexual molestation have been reported. In most cases, poltergeist activity starts and stops suddenly and lasts a few hours to a few years, although most often it's in a few months. Activity usually occurs when a particular individual is present and the individual is most often female and under the, under the age of 20 years. Until the 19th century, poltergeist activity was blamed on demons, witches, or the devil. Such cases resembled possession and clergy, who were often called in for exorcisms. In the 1800s, however, poltergeist became associated with the physical mediumship of spiritualism. In the 1930s, Nandor Fudor came to the conclusion that it was still widely held to today. 
that poltergeists are a type of an unconscious psychokinesis on the part of the living. The so-called agent in the other w- in the other words unconscious thought to process the phenomenon. At first attention focused on repressed sexual tension as a cause or factor, but later research researchers theorized that poltergeists were projections of repressed anger and hostility. In 1947, the Cottage City poltergeist case came to attention of J.B. Rye at Duke University for parapsychology. A few years later, the Seaford poltergeist case came up in R. Sh- in R- <laughs> this is a terrible name. Poltergeist came up in R. Shine, J.G. Pratt, and William G. Rolls went to investigate. Roll went to specialize in poltergeist investigation and described his work in his book, 1972, The Poltergeist. According to Roll, poltergeist activity involved recurrent spontaneous psychokinesis. In other words, psychokinesis that occurs repeatedly in a natural setting as opposed to the laboratory. Since the poltergeist phenomenon tend to occur when when a particular person is present, Roll believed that they were expressions of unconscious psychokinesis on the part of that person. Roll created a typical scenario or set of conditions for poltergeist activity. It typically involved a child or teenager who harbored internal anger from some sort of stress within the family. Psychokinesis was an unconscious way of expressing that anger without the fear of of punishment, and in most cases that child had no idea that they were causing the disturbances. Roll also noticed that agents were often in a poor state of health, physically or mentally, and in some cases, psychotherapy eliminates the problem. Despite Roll's convincing model of a typical poltergeist attack, other poltergeist investigators had been at pains to point out that in numerous cases, the agent is emotionally stable. Some believe that the theory that poltergeists are spirits of the dead that have been that have often been overlooked. Others suggest that the poltergeist activity is activated by a selfish situation, but the activity is not psychokinesis from the agent, but a projection of some element of the agent's personality into an apparition-like form. The form could then separate from the agent's body and be the cause of the disturbances. So the reason why I wanted to talk about poltergeist today, I was going through that book and I kind of thought of some stories of my own that I could share. When I grew up, I spent my first 18 years in the same house here in Woodstock. I'm not going to mention the street or anything, um, but <laughs> a lot of things happened in that house. It was kind of what awakened in me everything that I would be into and, and about that house. And I want to talk about the poltergeist activity that we had there. So when I was young, um, probably around 11, was when my mom started getting very ill. So she has multiple sclerosis, so she ended up losing the loss of her legs. So in grade 7 and grade 8, the elementary school was pretty close by. So I would come home for lunch and... um, I would help my mom get up and we would, we would make lunch and, and all that fun stuff and my brother would come home from school. So one day I get home for lunch. My dad was in Japan with work at the time. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs 
or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I came home. I got my mom in her chair. We had just gotten up in the morning and went to school. My brother and I put mom in the chair. Well, I think my no dad wasn't home, so I must have put mom in the chair. But I come home, get her, put her in the wheelchair, and she rolls over to the living room to, like, drop off some mail or something. And she says, Selena, my gosh, come here. So I come around the corner, and to my shocked surprise, there were all the chairs around the dining room table were balanced on one foot around the table. And it was it was really scary because Dad wasn't home. Joel had gone to school. He wasn't even home yet. And my mom was in her chair. She can't walk. So obviously, she didn't do it. So that was really shocking. So we took a lot of pictures and um, kept the evidence of that, like, forever. <laughs> but... The other things poltergeisty that had happened, um, I did go through a really rough spot as an early teenager, and I feel like maybe that's something to the effect. The truth is, I don't really know where I stand with poltergeist because I've been in two poltergeist situations, mine and one that I was asked um, my opinion on and called in to, and honestly, the energy when poltergeist was around was, it, it felt like an energy coming from you know, a spirit or an entity. It didn't feel like a telekinetic type of energy, but it goes to say that at the time my mom was sick, I was an angry kid. Some other things that happened that were poltergeisty, um, my brother was laying on the floor beside that dining room table and my mom was sitting and it was Christmas time and they had set the table for Christmas and we had one of those really old silverware boxes that had the lid that closed down from like the 50s and 60s. So it was set back on um, a Hoosier cabinet, really far back from the edge, and the utensils were deep in the dish, like the wooden box. And my brother's laying there, and out of nowhere, one of those forks flung itself out of that box and just narrowly, narrowly missed my brother. Um, other things that had happened, laying in bed, I, I was always terrified of my bedroom, and that's the only house that... I have ever, like, literally ever been really uncomfortable in. It didn't matter if it was the basement, the bedroom, it didn't matter. And I had two closet doors. And for me to go to bed, first, when I was young, my door had to be open. Had to be open. No question about it. If I could, please have a light on. And closet doors had to be shut. And I couldn't not face the doors. When I was sleeping, I had to face the doors. And I remember one night laying in bed. And I heard my mom, she was in the bathtub, and I was laying there, and I just had this terrifying feeling. It was just, I don't know, I must have been about 11, and I was just, I was petrified, and I didn't even know why, and I'm laying there, and I, my, I forced my eyes closed, and then I hear this bang, and I open up my eyes, and both closet doors are wide open, just completely wide open, and that was, that was petrifying. 
I was petrified. It was terrifying. Um, and that was kind of, you know, the beginning of, of things for me. Um, along with that, when we were moving out, this, I was, uh, 19, yeah, I was 19 years old, and we were having a hard time selling the house, and it was a great price for a huge house, and it just, it didn't seem like anybody wanted to buy it, so I had told my parents, like, let me go in and peel off all the wallpaper and let me do some painting, I bet that that will, that will really help sell the house, so I was there by myself one day, my boyfriend had left, boyfriend at the time, and I was alone, and I was just kind of, like, rinsing out the paint buckets and stuff like that, when I start hearing this noise, and I'm sure a lot of people have experienced it when they have a window open in their house, and um, they have like a door shut, but the door's not tight. The door kind of like wiggles. So I hear this violent wiggling, like it's violent. And I go to the bottom of the stairs and up there is my parents' door and it is just shaking violently. And I'm thinking, not a big deal. I'm sure that like someone just left a window open up in that bedroom. So my parents um, hadn't been there for days and the air conditioning was on. So I'm like looking around downstairs and all the windows are closed. I'm like, not a big deal. You know, I'm gonna try not to be terrified. Nothing had happened in a while. I'm gonna go upstairs and look. So I go upstairs and I can feel cool air coming from underneath the door. So I'm like, the air conditioning's on. I really hope that the window's not open. Like they're gonna think I did it and why well, it cost somebody to heat the outside, you know? So I open up the door and the window is shut. And I go to the bathroom window, shut. Bedroom window, shut. Other bedroom window, shut run downstairs all windows are shut i'm i stand at the base of the stairs the door's not shaking anymore and i'm looking at that door and i just say out loud i'm literally like what's up that's all i said what's up and then again the window just that door just started violently shaking so i left because i didn't really feel an energy per se it was it was really strange for me because usually when that stuff happens i have quite an opinion on what I thought was going on so when things happen when I like in certain situations also you know what that could be cut down to just like a spirit but with all the spirits that I've encountered they really haven't been able to manipulate things the way that poltergeist can so I'd love to hear your opinion um feel free to message me your opinion on poltergeist and um, I'd also really like if you could go directly to the Facebook page. I'd like to have a little discussion about Poltergeist on the Facebook page. That would be fantastic. That is The Haunted Estate. Just type it into Facebook. I am sure it will pop up. And now, a story from Texas. Hello, my name is Kim and I'm from Texas. I drive a rig, so I'm always looking for new podcasts to fill the time on my long runs. My story happened about five years ago. My husband and I had just celebrated our second wedding anniversary. We got married really young at 18 and we didn't have the cash to go on a honeymoon when we got married. So luckily, a few years later, we decided to drive through northern Texas and just choose places along the way to stay, like a road trip, no plan and no destination. It was October 12th when we set off at 5am. We had spent our day hitting all the small towns along the way, eating the local grub and meeting the locals. We were about 11 hours from our start point when we decided to find a place to stay for the night. We popped into the local tourism booth and grabbed some flyers. 
My husband was set on staying in a cheap hotel, but I enjoyed the finer things in life, so I only grabbed flyers noting beds and breakfast. He took a look at them and settled on one that was about an hour from where we were, out in the boons. The picture depicted a huge brick red house, the kind that would have servant quarters and had four floors. It looked really upscale, but the flyer mentioned that rates were between $90 to $170. At the time, my husband joked and said that it must be haunted. I put it down to the fact that it was so far out of the way that there would be no other way to pull people in than low prices. I called ahead, but there was no answer. I didn't think much of this, and about half an hour later, we were pulling our bags out of the trunk and ascending the front steps. The house was bright and cheery looking. It was only four in the afternoon, so everything had that beautiful midday glow. The door had a come in sign, so we did that, and we rang the little bell on the side counter. The inside was like a time capsule of the early 1900s, but I mean that in the best way. The house was beautiful. My husband kept ringing the bell periodically as I made my way around the large foyer. About 10 minutes later, a lady in her 50s came around the corner. She saw us and jumped a mile high. She quickly apologized. My husband told her that he had been ringing the bell. She laughed and excused the situation with the fact the sound didn't travel very far in old houses. She checked us in and let us know that we were the only guests for the evening and showed us to our room. The room had a beautiful view over the trail and was on the fourth floor. The room was very oversized with a bathroom, a king bed in the middle, two bedside tables, and a sitting chair on each side of the bed. In front of the bed was an armoire to the left and a TV centered in the room. We had brought hot dogs and buns with us, and luckily there was a fire pit out back. We had our hot dogs and decided to walk the trail that the, that the brochure said was three miles long. We hit that three-mile point and turned around. On the way back, we took a side path thinking that it would wrap around the exit and take us out near the front of the house. But the path ended abruptly about 200 feet from where it started, at a little cemetery. It was very overgrown and had about 30 to 40 stones, some sinking and unreadable due to age. Being into spooky things, I found it so cool. I made my way around trying to read all the names and picking the violets that grew wildly and placing them on top of the small stones that were in front. Unfortunately, the sun was setting, so we were set to head back. When coming back, I found the lady in the kitchen and brought up what we found. She wasn't facing us when I asked, and as soon as I, as I mentioned our visiting the cemetery, she dropped the towel she was folding and spun around. She apologized and said that she would have mentioned it, but that she doesn't put it into the brochure because she doesn't want the history of the home or the cemetery to keep people from coming. She said it in a quick breeze, but I caught on and asked her, what's the history? She gave me a sweet little smile and said that it was just normal family drama and that the house has been here for almost 200 years and a lot can happen in 200 years. Nothing bad, just the usual births and deaths. She seemed hesitant to tell us about it, so I reassured her how much we love that kind of stuff and wouldn't tell anyone. She gave us both a hug and wished us a happy night. We spent our night in the jacuzzi tub, and then my husband, and my husband settled into bed as I used the chairs on each side of our beds to lay out our outfits for the next day, then packed everything up.
placing our toothbrushes and my makeup beside the sink. After our long day and adventuring, it did not take time to, to fall asleep. What felt like moments later, I shot up, sitting straight in bed. My husband quickly followed. I looked at the clock. It was 2.22 a.m. He looked at me, asking if I had heard something. I reassured him that it was an old house and old houses make noises, and lay down. He said he could still hear it. He got up and went to the door, placing his ear against it. Kim, come here, he said. I ran to the door. Without question, there was a child singing softly on the other side of the door, and I said out loud that the lady said that we were the only people here for the night. The singing got louder as if the child was crouched down singing directly under the crack of the door. I unlocked the door and swung it open. Nothing. The singing was gone. Instead, there was an overpowering smell of baking, like cookies. We put on our robes and went to investigate, but the whole house was dark. As we were ascending the last flight of stairs to the fourth floor, the singing was there again. My husband looked at me, then swung his head around the corner and said no one was there. The hallway was about 30 feet long, with only three doors that were all open. Our door was closed at the end of the hall. As we made our way down the hall, the singing got louder. We stopped just feet in front of our door. The area out front of that of our door was completely freezing. I was so intrigued, but my husband's face was as white as snow. Right as I entered the cold spot, the singing stopped and the cold disappeared as fast as it showed up. Entering our room, I was quick to notice the armoire open and the clothes that I had laid out perfectly were now folded perfectly, laying in the bottom of the armoire. My, my husband still hadn't said a word, but was just shaking his head and crawling back into bed. He then said that we would be sleeping with the light on for the rest of the night. I didn't argue. I may have been intrigued, but at the same time, I was still a bit terrified. It took about half an hour to fall asleep, but we finally did. That morning, I woke to my husband saying, well, that wasn't a dream. I sat up to see the armoire still closed with our clothes inside. I reached to the left to grab my glasses, but instead of my glasses, I came up with a handful of wild violets, just like the ones I had placed on the stones in the cemetery. I looked at my husband, showing him the flowers. His only words were, weirdest night of my life. That morning at breakfast, I was feeling shaky and explained everything to the owner. She smiled, keeping her eyes trained on the tablecloth. She said that she doesn't mention the cemetery and has let it overgrow because every time someone visits it, they get visited too. I hope you enjoyed my story and I apologize for the length. I just really wanted to set it up well. Thank you for having another great podcast to fill my time. Kisses from Texas. If you have a story you would like to share, please call our toll-free number 1-877-260-3428. The Haunted Estate wants to hear. Wow, Kim. <laughs> that was an amazing story. Really, anyone out there never apologize for a lengthy story, especially now that I don't have many stories. But that was amazing. And thank you for, for writing in all the way from Texas. That's awesome. I only had like two downloads from there. So I'm guessing that that was you. I just really want to say that that was an incredible story. What an amazing opportunity and an event and not you know it's scary but it's like kind of in a positive way wow 
that's all I can say about that one is wow I would have loved to to witness that what it seems like there is definitely what that lady said you know you visit them and they come visit you it definitely obviously was a child and um I think probably leaving you flowers she just wanted to thank you for for coming and you know back in the olden days everything was about order and cleanliness so she probably saw your clothes laying out and were just like no all I know is in, in Canada there's one bed and breakfast that I always wanted to go to so bad it was in King Carden and there were a lot of paranormal shows that went there a lot of articles about it and I always wanted to go always wanted to go and then it was last year that I actually like got a hold and I found out that the bed and breakfast was actually now um in apartments and which you know if the hauntings were true that they said you'd think they would have just tore it down but Kim I know that you didn't say the place that you did stay but if you do ever want to share that with me I would love to go to Texas one day and it would be really cool to go to that place thank you so much for sending in your story and I really hope that you'll send in more you're a really talented writer and I just want to thank you for that sometimes the stories that I get need to be um, edited a lot just just so when I you know when you read it it's different to speaking it so usually I rewrite the stories so they come out a little bit better especially um, in, in the latest episode I realized that I wasn't quite on par with what I was doing but yeah Kim Kim out there driving your truck all sexy in your truck <laughs> thank you so much I do just want to take this time to mention that I did only get one story this week, but I did have a lot more listeners, which is going to make me really positive. Some really cool announcements that I would like to mention if you are from Canada. Um, I'm going to be at the Windsor Paracon. Just um, have my computer there so people can type up their story, business cards so people don't forget. Um, Windsor's Paracon is a Rose City Paracon. There's lots of TV paranormal teams are going to be there talking about their experiences. A demonologist is going to be there. A lot of fun stuff. So that is September 26, 2015. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to be there from 7 a.m. till 7 p.m. it seems. But I am excited for that. But one thing again, please share this with your friends. Share this with your family. Go to iTunes. Leave me a review. Please be nice, because, you know, I love you, so please be nice. <laughs> Tell your friends. Tell your mom. Do it. Do it. Do it. And for our last segment today, we are going to talk about the Poltergeist movie curse. Talk about Poltergeist in the beginning, now Poltergeist curse, why not? So, aside from being held as one of the top scariest films ever made, it has also been listed among the flicks that are shrouded in controversy. The reason? The so-called Poltergeist Curse. Simply put, the curse was attributed to the series of unexpected deaths that surrounded the film crew within six years of shooting the trilogy. Dominique Dune, who starred in the first movie as the eldest daughter, Dana, was strangled and killed in November 1982 by her abusive ex-boyfriend. She was 22. Julian Beck, who starred as Henry Kanye in the second movie, succumbed to stomach cancer. Diagnosed prior to his film role in September 1985, 
he was 60. Will Sampson, who played the part of the medicine man in the second movie, passed away of malnutrition and post-operative kidney failure in June 1987. He was 53. And everybody knows about Heather O'Rourke, who starred as the young girl hounded by ghosts in all three movies. She died due to septic shock, resulting from bacterial toxins infecting her bloodstream. She was also reported to be suffering from bowel obstruction, which may have actually caused her death. She was 12. According to rumors, the so-called curse was sparked by the film crew's use of real cadaver props for several of the scenes in the first movies. The curse itself, although perhaps no more than born out of playful imagination, has remained one of the most talked about controversies in the history of modern cinema. Poltergeist was actually the first scary movie that I ever saw. I remember watching it with my mother and just being terrified of my television for years after watching that and just living a life of just fear and every little blonde girl that I saw I would pull on my mom and be like is that her and just freaking out honestly though think about it. when you're like six seeing something like that it has to really really mess you up and I recently re-watched it um and not only that but all three of them and it was really you know for that time period done really really well and I really enjoyed watching it and it really makes me sad that Heather O'Rourke died because she was a really good actress for her really young age and I feel like she was just starting to blossom so if you haven't seen Poltergeist they just made a remake of it as well which has just left theaters I know that it will soon be available for DVD, but it was a, it was a good modern take. It really followed what happened before, and I really recommend seeing that. Another movie that actually really terrified me. I know that I say that I don't get terrified easily, but you need to understand that I've seen like every horror haunting movie ever seen. But another one that really scared me was The Woman in Black, and I've recently started reading the book but just the whole premise I don't know what it is about like a woman trying to kill children but it's just terrifying and a lot of scenes in that in that house that he goes to live in is just so creepy and everything that I want to live in is that terrible see I feel like that house mixed with the picture of this podcast this that is what the haunted estate is if you actually if you look at that haunted estate picture right right in the middle that little window on the right that's where I'm podcasting from if you uh if you look close enough, you know, you'll uh, see me in there. <laughs> so check out The Woman in Black. Let me know if you enjoyed it. I also saw The Woman in Black, the second movie. You know, the second movie is never as good, but it was still pretty good. It was cool to see it in a bit of a different time period because you don't always get to have the opportunity to do that in movies. It's usually like, what happens next? But this was like, I think it might have been a century later. He could have been there in the 18-somethings. Maybe, possibly. Let me know what you think. Thank you for visiting The Haunted Estate. Please visit the website at thehauntedestate.com. You can send us your stories by email at selina, C-E-L-I-N-A, at thehauntedestate.com. Or feel free to message us right from the website, thehauntedestate.com. But never forget, we have a toll-free number, which is free to call from anywhere in the world. one 260 3428 I hope you enjoyed episode 3 of The Haunted Estate. Sleep well, my little spookies.
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish, or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. Which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today, or visit Angie dot com. That's A N G I dot com.